We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It is the podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans, and most importantly, for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Steven. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what is the good word? To hell with Georgia, always and forever. Amen, amen, and amen. I was at a uh, Atlanta Braves game, saw somebody in a nice hat. I said, excuse me, what's the good word? And he said, to hell with Georgia. I said, amen, brother. You mean he's heard of the podcast? Is he a friend of the show? He's a friend of the show. Actually, no, he's a tech alum, and I told him about the show, but uh, uh, since it was Sunday, I said amen and amen, and he got right into it, and uh, hopefully he becomes a friend of the show. And great segue, because hopefully you are listening to this because you are a Georgia Tech alum or a Georgia Tech fan. We're going to get all the sales material out of the way, and it's not really sales. It's just a request. Joshua, tell people how they can be uh, become friends of the show. Absolutely. Well, we have a few of them. If you've listened, you know. And the easiest way to do that is just, you know, email me. My email is joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. Julian is spelled J-U-L-I-A-N. Please do not spell it J-U-L-I-E-N because there might be a very confused other person on that, the other end of that line. Uh, J-U-L-I-A-N. Email us if we're wrong, if we're right. If you really just want to kind of add something that we might have forgot and you're like, you know, to strengthen what you said, just take a look at this. Think about this. Do something like that. We've had a few do a few people do that. We want to see more of you because sports fans have strong opinions. Let us know what yours are. And tech sports fans have informed, rational, open to discussion opinions for the most part, which is what sets us apart. And also the other thing we will ask you to do is we are not, uh, you know, if you are looking for us on social media, you're not going to find that because I'm just too old as an alum. Uh, and we also have jobs and we're, you know, Joshua was trying to launch his career in sports media. I'm trying to keep my career afloat in what I do. So we do this out of love and what we require or what we not require, what we ask, what we humbly submit to the listening audience is, you know, of another tech alum, you know, of another tech fan and tell them, Hey, I know these two goofballs. And they're pretty good. They actually get me my news and they do it in mostly a timely manner. I can catch the news in the first half and then I can listen to see if their discussion in depth is going to be a little more interesting or I can just cut it off there and get most of the news I need and have a little fun, have a little laugh. And if they'd only stop the pro wrestling references, you know, or tone them down a little bit, that might help. Uh, just want to shout out that uh, we are on episode number 35. Let's call it the Phil Necro episode. He did not attend tech. But he did pitch for many years right down the road from North Avenue uh, at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And, and we salute you, Mr. Necro. If you're ever at Cool Ray Field catching a Stripers game, I guess it's not called Nuxies anymore. Ah, too bad. Oh, all right. You can go to that brew house that used to be called Nuxies in the stadium. Well, absolutely. And the only thing I have to say before we get into this is about the wrestling references. If they, they don't like them, I've got two words for them. 
but I cannot say them on the air. So I will. Uh, you could. It there. is podcasting. We'd we'd rather not say. It. Actually, the two I words keep it a are friendly show. The uh, the two words are acknowledge him because that other reference is Tech alum uh, Roman Reigns continuing as WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion. And I didn't get a day count because we've had a crazy week. Joshua, you are uh, about to celebrate something. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. But let's celebrate some Georgia Tech athletics. We've 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 uh, meandered on long enough. Let's get into the meat of the show. You want to start with some baseball news? I do indeed want to start with some baseball. So if you've been following the show, you know about the um, trend among Georgia Tech baseball. And unfortunately, this past week, we did actually see some some quality outings. We did see some some better games, but it was not necessarily the best that we could get. That was not true on the midweek game. Georgia Tech once again won a midweek game. Looking at the schedule, I believe that that is three in a row after not winning nearly any at all all season. They were playing the great Georgia State Panthers in Atlanta, um, in downtown Atlanta. They're which I guess is where Tech is. So home and home, um, basically, you know, a couple blocks down either way. Uh, Georgia Tech put a whopping 23 runs on the Panthers in this midweek game. Uh, not much to really say about that, right? I mean, they 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 put the hurting on the team. You've got Christian Campbell going two for three at the top of the order. Jake DeLeo only actually got – he got three at-bats. He went hitless. Which, if I had told you that Tech scored 23 and Jake DeLeo did not get a hit, you would think I was crazy. But everybody else picked it up. Uh, Jackson Finley, 3 for 3 with 5 RBIs. Ironically enough, the bottom of the order did a lot of the damage in terms of driving in the runs. Both the starters and the people that came in as pinch hitters. So Jeff Lovett had 2 RBIs, as well as his replacement Brandon Prince. He had 2 himself. Jaden Jackson, the shortstop, had 3 RBIs. So did Nico Sinese, who came in as a pinch hitter. He had 2. Tyler Minnick at catcher had 2 RBIs. Uh, just an all-around game from the team. Ben King got the start, did not give up a run. Uh, the Dimitri Diamant gave up three runs in zero innings. So not the great outing for him, but it is what it is. Tech took the win. They then traveled to Miami, Florida to take on the 17th-ranked Miami Hurricanes. And it was not a great outing. Now, they kept it close. There was no blowouts. But they did lose two out of the three games and were not able to take home a series win. But You'll see why I think it's a potential good thing. Uh, Georgia Tech in the first game only lost four to two. That's right. They gave up four runs. So, of course, the one time the pitching staff does their job, the offense goes missing because the nature of the beast in baseball is that. Uh, Georgia Tech had a, sh a decent start from Luke Schmolke, five innings, seven hits, four runs, three of them earned, six strikeouts, two walks. Also had three great innings out of the pen from Aiden Finitary, zero hits, zero walks two strikeouts. So he did his thing, but the Canes got a much stronger start from Gabe Zeal. I believe is how you say his name with eight innings and only two runs, five strikeouts. Um, on the Sunday game, they did play a Sunday doubleheader. Uh, first game that went nine to seven. It was a loss to the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, they did go the full nine and, you know, it, not great. Jake DeLeo, three for five day because you weren't going to keep him quiet for long. He was eventually going to get some hits. Um, Tech had 14 hits as a team and they scored seven runs, like we said. But Miami just eked out a couple more, which is funny because they had eight hits and nine runs. The big issue was 10 walks 
from the Georgia Tech pitching staff. Ten free passes. Steven, you were a baseball coach. You know, walks are the killer. You got to make them earn it by making them put it in play. Throw strikes. Everything goes off of throwing strikes. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Finley got the start, only lasted two innings, contributed four of those walks. Josiah Siegel contributed three, and every other guy that pitched contributed one each. Uh, the second part of the doubleheader, they only went six innings, but Georgia Tech was able to get the win nine to five. Um, you had a home run from Christian Campbell as well as uh, John Giesler. Uh, starting pitcher Terry Busey actually got the start, went three and a third, did give up four runs with three walks. But Dawson Brown came in in relief and only gave up one run in two and two-thirds innings. So not great, but I guess you'll take whatever you can get. Um, you're going to be listening to the show on Wednesday, so Tech will have played Mercer by that point. They play Mercer on Tuesday at 6 o'clock. They will be, um, I believe, at home at Georgia Tech. So maybe they can make it four in a row in midweek games and reverse the earlier trend of the season. Well, and the reality of the baseball team, we're coming up near the end, and it's it's – We've said it before. We'll say it again. It's all going to come down to can they slug their way, you know, through the ACC tournament and and get hot at the right time and get any kind of pitching. If they can give up five runs or less, hopefully their offense gives them a chance to be in any game. But it's going to be tough. It's a young team. We we take our hat off to them. They're they're they just they gotta their their pitching's got to get better. That's just that it is what it is. They currently sit at 22 and 18 on the season, eight and 13 in the conference. They do have a really good record at home, 17 and six. Four and eleven away from home. That that's hard to hard to be a real competitor when you can't win a road game. That doesn't bode well when you get into the ACC tournament and or get into NCAA play. I, I would wonder if just how deep the conference is. We're kind of in the middle of well, we're we're I, I don't know. We'll just have to see if they get in. I, I you know we'll just we'll just it's gonna take. I think they're gonna have to get hot. I don't I don't think that even if they do get in, I they're gonna have to do some some things different in order yeah. to. To really make a run, yeah. you don't want to be an also ran. All right, let's uh, let's get some good. You know, baseball team good news midweek win. They did get one out of Miami and a ranked team. Let's let's build on any good news from that story and really give some good news. You know, for those people who say Georgia Tech athletics, we can't compete. It's so hard to get into Tech. We, we you know we can't compete with the NIL. We can't compete with the SEC. You know, I guess it depends on what sport because the Georgia Tech golf team won an ACC championship in golf. Not only that, they won it for the 19th time in their history, and they won it for the 11th time in the last 17 seasons. The Georgia Tech men's golf team continues to be a top five program and continues to dominate. They, uh, The way the ACC tournament goes, similar to a Ryder Cup scenario, they do stroke play competition, uh, and then they do uh, match play competition. And the Jackets, they started with stroke play. They destroyed, they ran away with the stroke, stroke play competition by 16 shots. Uh, and then they, uh, they the, of course, the clinching happened with Ross Steelman, who is the senior anchor of the team. And on the 16th hole, he put in a 27-foot downhill birdie putt to clinch his match three and two against Wake Forest, Andrew McLaughlin and Ross Steelman helped secure the victory for Georgia Tech. And it was funny on ramblinrec.com, the first line, after finishing as runner-up in five tournaments this year, 
Georgia Tech finally came away winners Monday. So I would say their first full win came at the right time in the ACC championships. They will now wait and see where they will play, which of the six regional sites will they play in the NCAA tournament uh, to be announced on May 3rd. So we'll bring you that news and follow the golf team through the NCAAs. Not how you start, it's how you finish. I believe a wise man once said that to me when I was about 12 or I wonder who that well, that whoever that wise man was i wish him well props to him football news because the football news cycle is year round hey uh, i'm gonna inter- i'm gonna interrupt you for just a second if you guys haven't been able to tell joshua's audio quality is fantastic he is actually in a recording booth behind a professional microphone we are we are going all out and investing in this show and I only wanted to say that because Joshua, you got a little too close, and at least in my ears, I heard football news. So, so I'm, I'm going to ask you: Does this try, does this sound better? Yes, I'm going to ask you to try it again. Okay. Well, football, football news, because the football news cycle is year round, uh, does not stop. We mentioned on the last show after the spring game, the transfer portal reopened, gave a lot of kids chances to transfer out if they felt like they weren't going to get enough playing time or if they they we saw in Colorado. Colorado is a great example of this. After their spring game, they have 18 kids that have just now hit the portal as well. So Deion Sanders mentioned when he came in that he was bringing his Louis Vuitton luggage with him. Uh, it better show up here soon, unless Delta lost it, because I'm not 100 percent sure he's going to be able to field the team at this point. Anyway, Georgia Tech did have a few kids hit the portal, and I don't want to be disrespectful to them because obviously they're very good athletes if they're playing at the Power Five level. But it was a lot of kids that were not exactly going to get a lot of playing time this coming year. And they were stuck behind some some other guys that had played better last year or had more promise. So, you know, they're looking for an opportunity to do what they love to do and be able to actually do it. So no hate towards any of them. The first one to talk about tight end Ben Postma. Um, he was a very young kid. He had only come in in 2021. So he's about a junior um tight end out of cypress texas he hadn't played last year and that should really tell you all you need to know because if you couldn't play last year in last year's tight end room uh you weren't really going to play this year with the addition of brett seether and jackson long uh saw them in the spring game he kind of wasn't going to get a ton of playing time so he's transferring out he will be hitting the portal along with the guys that we covered in the last episode greg carroll and jalen huff as well as antonio martin uh, the other two are both on the defensive side of the ball. Linebacker Katavian Franks is the first one we're going to talk about. So uh, he's been on campus for a little bit longer. He was in the class of 2020. He was actually a top 450 recruit, 433 nationally, uh, and just never really has worked out with him on this team. Obviously, he was playing behind arguably Georgia Tech's two best players last year in Charlie Thomas and Ace Ely. So hard to get when you're running a, a four, two, five, and you've only got two linebackers on the field. It's, and you're the two linebackers don't come off hard to really get a lot of playing time. Um, yeah. He was a redshirt sophomore this past season. Didn't really see a lot of game action, both 2020 and 2021, 2022 didn't see much either. So he'll be transferring out. Uh, the kid's got a ton of talent. I'm sure he'll land on his feet and find a place to play. And then the other one is KJ Miles, defensive lineman. He is very young. He was actually in the 2022 class. So he only had about a year of college football and is now transferring out as a probably a redshirt freshman. 
he too is a top 400 recruit issues 427 in that class um he's a 64 288 he's got a ton of talent uh projected as a power five starter when he came out so the kid the, like i said the kid has talent there's no question about that it's just on the Georgia Tech team, he wasn't necessarily going to play. We've talked about the, the defensive line was the big strength last year, and everybody's coming back from Makia Scott to Daquan Dows to Zeke Biggers. And you add in a guy like Etanosa Rubin, who played pretty well in the spring game and, I mean, has the five-star, four-star genes of a Clemson defensive lineman. He wasn't necessarily going to get a ton of playing time this year. He was going to get stuck behind a few guys. So I expect him to find a Power 5 program um, as well, similar maybe to Katavian and – like I said, we wish them nothing but the best. The rumor is that Tech will be looking into the portal to fill a few other holes, so we might have some incoming players to talk about in the next couple of weeks. Well, and I, and I think the interesting thing to say there, especially about the last gentleman you talked about, who was a very, very good recruit, number one, he was recruited by the former coach, so you don't know what happened there. And I think it also, we just need to remember at times, especially as these kids first come in, Sometimes you can be, oh, he's a four-star, oh, he's a five-star, oh, he's a high three-star. They still got to show up and do the work. They still have to, you have to figure out who these people really are, because sometimes you get great recruits, you know, who don't ever really develop much past where they were at the height of their high school. Sometimes you get recruits, and Moses Wright is the greatest example, who was a zero-star recruit. Nobody really wanted him. Nobody knew about him. He had played one year of basketball, but the guy worked his butt off. He continued to develop. He had some skills and look at where it landed him in professional basketball overseas. So uh, two quick story points, and then we're going to get into the last uh, part, which we will cover the basketball team because of the transfer portal news. And we just want to go more in depth on that. But I did want to point out two things. First of all, the women's tennis team uh, as best I can tell. And forgive me, I didn't dive too deep into the story but I believe they made it to the semifinals of the ACC tournament. I don't think they made the finals. I believe the ACC tournament is done and they are waiting to see where they're going to end up in the NCAAs. The big news is they jumped three spots in the national ranking. They are now the 17th ranked uh, women's tennis team. They upended Duke in the quarterfinals of the ACC tournament to make it to the semifinals. And they have two players in the top 30 of individual rankings uh, which is Alejandro Cruz and Alejandro Cruz and Kylie Bilchev, uh, I believe are in the top 30 is, is if I made a mistake on that, you can tell me Joshua Julian 26 at outlook.com email us and tell me what I got wrong. I did also want to mention, you were talking about the baseball team. And I did want to mention that on Saturday, May 20th, the uh, Georgia Tech baseball program is retiring Mark Teixeira's number 23. So Mark Teixeira, all-time Tech baseball player, uh, fantastic ambassador of the school, fantastic ambassador of the game of baseball. He will be coming back. It is a, uh, it is a game against Virginia. And so want to make sure if you want to be a part of that, there's a ceremony at 1145. And then the first pitch is at noon of that day. So they will be retiring Mark to share his number. And if you want to be a part of that, you can go to ramblinrec.com and check out, uh, get tickets there, get more information. Joshua. Yes. It's time to turn the page, even though no one's looking at a book. It's time to pivot, speaking of basketball, into the low post. It's anymore because everybody travels, but continue. Not, not in the college game. 
not as college game, but they call it as badly. <laughs> not as badly. All right, time to talk about the basketball program. Coach Damon Stoudemire. Uh, it, we it, we have to remind ourselves he's only been in the job a few weeks, but he is starting to fill out his roster. So let's. Uh, why don't you give us the most updated news of? Uh, I guess I guess let's start with the departure. Uh, the first yes. big news it was announced that Davon Smith did enter the transfer portal. I don't think this came as a huge shock, especially after Kawasi Reeves from Florida transferred in. Uh, Davon was already kind of in a three to four man rotation with Miles declaring himself eligible for the NBA draft, but also eligible to come back. Davon was was part of a you know four guard combo, uh, and then Debo kind of being a big guard small forward. I think Davon you know saw Kawasi come in and think, okay, I don't know where my role is, and and I think he wants to go find some minutes elsewhere. He is eligible to transfer out again because of the new coach and can play immediately your thoughts quickly on Davon well uh, I'm kind of with you in that I'm not necessarily surprised but part of that is because I think I said it when Damon was first hired um, I don't think anybody was off the table to transfer you know I mean considering they were all brought there by the original coach and respectfully the team was not good last year and they did not play well at all um, if Damon didn't really want him there, he could have told him. And we saw that kind of at the beginning with the end of the bench guys. He kind of was like, hey, I'm, we're, he, they, he clearly was going to go in a different direction and the bench guys wanted to go somewhere else. Davon, because he had been a, a significant player, I figured there's a chance that maybe he got another shot to stay. But um, at the same time, I mean, he was a guy that came in with a little bit of hype around him, being such an athletic guard. Potentially, he was going to be a rim pressure guy that we had been missing, and he just never really became that. In his career at Tech, he shot 40% from the field, um, also shot 26% from three. Uh, he was always a decent playmaker. He averaged uh, almost three assists a game, but he uh, just did, he only averaged 6.8 points at Tech. Uh, didn't start a ton of games. You see, in his, in his career, he played 48 games, only started 18 of them. And especially with the way that Kyle Sturdivant came on down the stretch, um, he wasn't going to be the starting point guard and he probably wasn't going to be the starting two guard because there's Kowasi and Miles and Debo potentially all three of those. So I'm with you. I think he just kind of, he took the lay of the land and was like, there's probably not a space for me. Let me go see what else is out there. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I so I want to say the one thing I'll say is, you know, Davon gave us some of the greatest highlights of the last couple years almost highlights with his, his, I mean, just some of the athletic things he did that we've never seen someone do of that size. And uh, it, it, he reminds me, you know, you and I always would have a saying when we would text back and forth, you know, Jordan Usher, uh, we would always joke that, you know, us doing us things because Jordan Usher did things on the court that you just were like, Holy cow. I can't believe he just did that. That's fantastic. But then you would go, Holy cow. I can't believe he just did that. How, what, what was he thinking? just whether it's a mental lapse or just, you know, weird passes or whatever. And, and as Jordan matured, it was so much more about the, holy cow, did you see that? That was amazing. Um, I think Davon never, I think he had those things as well. There would just be times he'd dumb fouls or just weird passes and, and he never quite matured to the point where it was more about the amazing than it, there was always that equal balance. And, and, uh, you know, and, and again, I, 
we had between him, Lance Terry, and Kyle Sturdivant, it's funny, they were probably some of the top three guards coming out of the state of Georgia, and they were all on the Tech campus. Uh, and, you know, now one of them's gone, but we got another one back in Kowasi Reeves. So, um, so let's, so that's the one who left. Let's talk about the two that came in. Absolutely. Well, the first one we're going to talk about, 6'8", 240 pounds of ability. I think his name is Tyson or Tyson. I don't really know how to say it, but it, it, it's, it's spelled very interestingly. Tyson Claude out of Western Carolina announced his commitment to the Georgia Tech basketball program. Very interesting career story. He started off at Moorhead State in the Ohio Valley Conference. Um, his first year there as a freshman, he started 19 games and averaged nine and a half points along with 6.4 rebounds on pretty good efficiency, shooting for, uh, almost 60% from the field. Uh, then he missed the COVID year, obviously, because I don't think they played. And if not, he didn't play at all either way. Came back to Moorhead State, only was able to play nine games, uh, 6.8 minutes a game. I'm not 100%. He might have been hurt. Um, his information isn't readily available. For some reason, Western Carolina's website just doesn't have him listed on last year's roster at all, despite the fact that he made an all-conference team with them. I'm burying the lead here just a little bit. But, yeah, so he transferred to Western Carolina in the Southern Conference. Uh, started 28 games, played 26 minutes. He averaged 15.4 points and 8.6 rebounds to go along with almost a block a game, as well as 2.1 turnovers, unfortunately. Um, shot 52% from the field. Actually got a couple threes up, but by that I mean he averaged 0.2 per game. Shot 33% on him. So he, he's, a, he's a big body. Um, I don't want to say he's going to be like Javon Franklin, but the story is more or less the same. He probably won't be the same hustle guy. But he seems to have a little bit more scoring ability in him. Um, just a just a big body that can make plays down low. Yeah. So when when the news came out, I started looking around too. I found a highlight reel on YouTube. Okay. I found some highlight reels of some games. By the way, and and the one thing I didn't do was I didn't turn up the sound and make sure I figured out how to pronounce his name. So uh, I, I would like to uh, I would like to tell Mr. Claude that I apologize. I believe I I read it as as uh, is as Tyshawn. It's T Y Z H A U N. I thought it was Tyshawn, or it could be Tashawn. I'm not sure. We're, we're going to figure that out quickly. So we'll just I'm going to call him Mr. Claude because if you look at him, he is a beast. He he is thick. He is strong, and he is um, he is. Uh, the he is a classic big man now he's not super tall and and i like your uh, uh, analogy to franklin he is not as springy athletic as franklin he but he is he will clear space he will he will pound you and he's got post moves all day long okay um, he's not a magician in the post but he is going to seal and he is going to score and he is going to you know eat up space and he is going to make it hard for people driving the lane, which by the way, is one of the things that drove me crazy at times about Rodney. He will make it tough. He may not get a ton of blocks, but he is, he is going to, you know, stand his ground. So I, I like what I saw. I can get, you know, what I've heard of Damon and kind of what I know about him. I, I think there's a little bit of a toughness there, especially when paired with the guy we got from NC state. I think there's, we are going to be a bigger, bulkier team. We're not going to have to be, you know, guards are, our guards can already help rebound, 
that's just going to help when you've got some bulk who can kind of one shot and that's all. So that's what I saw. Can his game translate to the ACC? You know, he's not size tall wise, but he, he can, he can bang with anybody down low is, is what I'm guessing. That, that plays right. I mean, it, if, if you're stronger, sometimes it doesn't matter. Um, the other one that just happened uh, recently, a couple hours ago, on the day that we're recording this, is Georgia Tech picked up a transfer from the University of Massachusetts. He goes by the name of Tafara Gapare. Now, if you look at his stats, it's not going to look impressive. He only averaged 3.4 points, 2.1 rebounds, shot 31% from the field, 26 from three. That is misleading because this kid was incredibly young for that level. He was actually part of the 2023 class, but then reclassified to get to school in 2022, similar to what Kirill Martinov did last year with Tech. Mm -hmm. So this really would be his freshman season this upcoming year if he had gone the traditional route. But he's about 6'9", 6'10", 205. He is a traditional power forward in the sense that he's a big man with ball skills. Um, He's known as a kid who can get a rebound and go coast to coast. He's kind of similar to what we've seen Jalen Moore try to become in the last couple of years with like the ability to play outside to end, except he's got four inches on him. Um, he probably still needs to add some weight, obviously 205, not the biggest, depending on where you look. He was a very highly touted recruit. Uh, some people have him listed as a top 50, 24, seven has him at 123, but on three had him top 50. I think a couple other places had him up there too. So really what Damon Sotomayor just grabbed is a mystery box. Well, and I think what's interesting, I, I, again, I dug a little bit into the story. Uh, so he's from New Zealand, I believe. Mm-hmm. And apparently one of the issues last year was he had visa trouble. And so he didn't get on campus until very, very, very late. And if you're not part of summer workouts and if you're not, you know, I, I don't know if he even got in the whole of the preseason in the fall. If you're coming in as a freshman, you're already reclassifying. The fact that he got on the court at all shows that there's some skill there because, you know, he, 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 was learning on the fly. He's a freshman coming in and he didn't have a full preseason to get ready. So I thought that was, I thought that was intriguing. And, you know, UMass and correct me if I'm wrong. This is the one thing I didn't confirm. I believe uh, they're in the big East. Is that correct? It might. I know that they were at one point or conference USA. I'm not sure. So the the point being, again, UMass is not East Tennessee state. So I, there's, Again, they're gonna they're they're playing in in some power basketball conferences, and yeah, I saw him as a uh, as a Atlantic a, Ten, Atlantic. Okay, so the A Ten. Sorry, yeah, that's the yeah they were with Temple. My bad. I apologize. It's okay. I, as the guy who likes basketball, all this everybody, I go back to the eighties and nineties. That's my problem. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is a good pickup. He's a he was a four star recruit. He was top 50 to 150, depending on who you look at. And and the fact that he's 6'10", what I see now is there's, you know, Jalen Moore maybe doesn't have to play as big as he did. Maybe Jalen can flop between the three and the four a little bit. Uh, But if nothing else, you've got a little bit more size in the four or at least someone who might make the floor. And here's his first young player, right? He's got a grad transfer He's got the uh, the guy from NC State. I think has two seasons. Yeah, he's he's he has some seasons, and then Kowasi's got his two years from Florida. So yeah, this is his first sort of 
kid and, that he's bringing in. This, right. So, so you've gotten some younger players. And to me, this is a replacement of Fred Pauls and Kirill, right? I mean, this is, this is a young guy who just finished his freshman season. The difference is he got a few more minutes than those guys and kind of a combination, not super big, but not, you know, 170 pounds, you know, soaking wet like Fred Pauls was and, uh, you know, not as big and bulky as Kirill. So it would be interesting to see how he plays. Speaking of Fred Pauls, I did want to provide a brief update. Fred Pauls is the first player from the tech transfer class to find a new school. Fantastic. He's going to UT Arlington, which I'm assuming is in Arlington, Texas. But um, I do believe it's a step down in competition, which unfortunately makes sense. He does kind of need playing time and, and time to kind of get some some muscle on those spindly little arms of his. But we wish him nothing but the best. Go nail some threes for us, Fred, Fred well, Pauls. I, I know exactly what Fred Pauls is going to do. He's going to run to each corner, and he's going to wait for the driving dish, and he is going to drain threes all day long. And then they'll play a zone where he might even play at the top half, but they'll definitely play a wing in a two-three zone and and be okay because he yeah. can he'll probably compete at that level. And and you know, a, a friend of show, Fred Pauls, <laughs> we would love to we would love to hear. But yeah, I okay. So so I will say that uh, one of the things that's interesting is if you look at message boards and you look at Bleacher Report, I got uh, I got a, one of our friends of the show who kind of said, Hey, I'm, they're continuing to make moves. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, I think he's, you know, coach Damon Stoudemire showing he's got some pull. I, I think it might be the time to kind of go, Hey guys, you know, first of all, most of the end of the bench guys are gone. So he's got to fill a roster. I'm, I'm intrigued by who he's gotten. I think if, if, especially if miles comes back, if all the end of the bench guys and Davon uh, are the ones who leave and these four you would have to make an argument that the quality of player coming back is better than the quality of player leaving arguably yes mainly because the players leaving never really got on the floor of a losing team yes um so that that would be my my thing but i, I think one of the things we need to remember through all of this is it's a long time to basketball season and it's not like he's bringing in blue chippers yeah. I think, I think what I, and I'm, I'm way overstating the fact, but I think Damon Stoudemire is looking to get tougher. I think Damon Stoudemire is looking to uh, find, uh, I, I do think he's looking to get bigger. We, we always seem to play undersized the last few years. So I think he's bringing in some width and some height. Kwesi Reeves is 6'8". This kid, uh, Gapara is 6'10". You know, the, the guy from Western Carolina is, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Claude, uh, again, is is he's only 6'8", but he is a big 6'8", and he plays big. So clearly Damon is going to – he wants this team, it looks like, he wants it to be bigger and tougher. That's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, as of now, it looks like it's it, – I, I don't want to draw any conclusions because we don't have the full roster yet because he's still got a few spots to fill. Um while I'm intrigued by who he's bringing in and I like to see the fact that he's like, I'm seeing his name mentioned in a lot of different people that are kind of hitting the portal. Let's, let's, let we, let's pump the brakes and not get too excited because no, none of these guys are game changers. Like if he had brought in Hunter Dickinson from Michigan, I would be over the moon screaming, laughing like that would be insane. But he's bringing in a guy from NC state who averaged four points. 
right? He's bringing in a guy from Florida who averaged eight points, but shot about 30 something percent from the field. He's bringing in a guy from a smaller conference. So there's no guarantee that it'll play up. I think it will, because I think you can't coach size, but you know, there's no guarantee that the game won't speed up on him and he just will be left behind. And then this kid from UMass is a mystery box. I mean, the, the few minutes he did get on the court at UMass, he wasn't particularly good. Now, in all fairness, he was like a 17, 18 year old who had visa trouble and might have also had some some other problems just kind of getting acclimated. So it is what it is. But let's not pretend like he's bringing in like four future all conference super studs that just need the playing time. They're, he's not doing that. All right. He's bringing in decent basketball players okay anybody is better than rodney i'm okay with that but in the end we're, it's gonna i think it's gonna take some time for for damon's the real test for damon stoudemire just like the real test for brent key is always going to be that first full year right yeah. brent key did good to salvage the 2023 class with the transfers and some of the under the radar recruits he brought in but you're really starting to see brent key's impact in this 2024 recruiting class same thing's gonna be true of Damon Stoudemire. You're really gonna see his impact and if what he's looking for in 2024. Right now, I really think he's just trying to field a roster. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna be the ultimate op, uh, the ultimate optimist. I was about to say ultimate opportunist. All right, H. Yeah, but uh, I'm gonna say the ultimate optimist, and I, I'm gonna put the ult, the optimistic spin on it, uh, and I'm gonna say the following. First of all. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets basketball team went through a horrible stretch and then kind of finished the year a little stronger. There is clearly some talent on the team. We're not a last place team, but we are on the bottom half of the league. The two things this team, I thought, potentially could make it even better the way they were constituted before was a little more freedom on offense to flow and not so tied to the Princeton offense, a lot more freedom and a lot more drive and dish, a lot more three and D, a lot more of that kind of stuff might work and defensive toughness. There were too many easy baskets, which really was not the recipe of success that the team had had in years past. So it was not defensively tough. Damon has made this team arguably potentially tougher defensively, and he's already got some key pieces Stoudemire, Lance Terry, if Miles comes back, Jalen and, and Debo, he's got some, some players that if he can create a good system and his analytics work, then I'm not saying we're going for ACC titles in the first year, but we can be better to get to the middle and at least be in the mix to see if something could happen if you get hot. Um, I hope he sees some things in these players that he knows exactly how to coach them up and is exactly what they what he wants to build as far as a team and culture. Time will tell, but for now, I think you have to at least give credit to if you factor who's left and already who's come, the quality of play player has gone up to match who's already here as long as they don't leave. I do like it seems like he's putting a bit of a premium on defense I do like that he's got a shot blocker a potential like the mystery box in Capare and then a a big man down low and an athletic wing who can probably at least keep up with some of the better athletes in the ACC so I like that I think that that's something that you should always focus on 
So I believe we've come to the end of it and we have covered every major sport. If there's something we missed, we would love for you to email us, joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. I do want to give one shout out to my co-host, the man who is the fan. Joshua, you got something big going on in your life. We want to say as fans of the show, congratulations of coming to the end of your uh, college journey. In fact, we are doing this show. You are recording from inside the mass media studios at Valdosta State. Anything you want to say to shout out your uh, what's soon to be your alma mater? Yeah, I mean, Valdosta State has been very good to me. They've given me a lot of opportunities to cover various different sports and do various different projects to kind of grow in the field that I want to get into. I'm actually doing a uh, project right now on the head basketball coach down here, uh, Coach Mike Helfer, who's been here for 18 years and is possibly one of my favorite people that I've, I've met because he is super nice and really good at his job. So... Thank you to Valdosta State, and no offense, I look forward to leaving you. <laughs> it's been good for four years, and it'll be good to leave. And and by the way, I'm sure you'll announce when the uh, your senior project turns into a documentary about Coach Helfer at Valdosta State when you get funding uh, from some venture capitalists, correct? Well, no, I do have it. It's just I got to – it'll go live here soon in about a week. I'm sure I'll mention something about it now in next week's podcast. I'll drop the link if anybody wants to go hear about Coach Helfer's story. Um, whatever works for y'all. Yeah. Well, the one thing we won't say is to hell with that Asta State. What we will say is to hell with answer- West Florida. Say again? To hell with West Florida. Ah, all right. West Georgia. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, yeah. Out of here. Well, at least one of those words was right because – Uh, We will finish this episode by reminding everybody the most important question, and we all know the answer, the correct answer to the question. What's the big question?